Welcome to Christ in Prophecy. Last week, we engaged in an edifying dialogue with Mondo Gonzalez of Prophecy Watchers about the Screwtape Letters, C.S. Lewis's book offering insights into the insidious and incessant nature of spiritual warfare. In these last days, Satan is desperate to mislead the masses and undermine the effectiveness of our witness for Christ. Until Jesus calls us home, we must be vigilant to submit to God and resist the devil, knowing that our infernal adversary prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. Here now is Nathan Jones to jump back into our conversation. The one chat, the letter that stuck with me my whole life is letter number 17. If, if we're ready, I'd like sure. to dive into one of these because I think we've pull it up. We've, we pull it up here, but uh, the main thought in this was, it was greed through gluttony. Uh, he's talking about the patient's mother. Hey, you know, you need to focus on gluttony. And of course, our first thought about gluttony is, well, it's got to be overeating. But this is his advice. If I can read this real yes. quickly, um, it says the woman is in what may be called the all I want state of mind. All she wants is a cup of tea properly made or an egg properly boiled or a slice of bread properly toasted. But she never finds any servant or any friend who can do these things properly because her properly conceals an insatiable demand for the exact and almost impossible palatial pleasures that she imagines she remembers from the past. A past describe her as the days when you get good servants, but know to us as the days when her senses were more easily pleased and she had pleasures of other kinds which made her less dependent upon those tables. My mind blew. It's like gluttony, the sin of gluttony isn't overeating. It's turning food into an idol. And this is the brilliance of C.S. Lewis is that he identifies our sins. He breaks the barriers of what we think of it. And he shows you how you can use these little things like, oh, I'm not overeating. I'm obsessed with how I eat and how it distracts us from God. Or any other aspect of, of our nature. We can obsess about oh, other letter things. After letter after letter after Not just about food, but about other aspects of life. Excellent point. I, the, one of the ways that uh, I chased down all the phrases of gluttony in the Bible, you know, in, in this particular letter. So uh, maybe I'll take a moment to describe. So the, the particular study guide, what I did is I made it to, to hand out to people. So I have a front, and a front and back. And so I start out with some themes. I give a synopsis of the letter. And then I talk about theological themes. And so I'll take something like gluttony here. This is a theological theme. And so I have a paragraph. Hey, let's chase this down in the Bible. Here's all the verses in the Bible. And then I give a section of the handout of, 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 of some of the vocabulary. And then I have... I'll have between 20 and 30 study questions that people can use, all with Scripture, uh, people looking up Scripture. But in this particular situation, you look up gluttony, and gluttony does appear in the Bible. It talk, it's talked a lot about two ways. Um, one is uh, qu uh, quantity. This is where we often think of, hey, I ate too much, my quantity. But what Lewis brings out here, he doesn't deny a gluttony of quantity. The Bible speaks a lot about it. But he talks about beautifully, more than anything else, is a gluttony of quality. Mm. Yes. Quantity and quality. And so you, you, if you look at it, he's like, let's talk about, hey, guys, everybody knows in one sense the quantity issue. That's normally how we think. Let's talk about the gluttony of delicacy. That's the word that he uses in, in, the, in, the, in the letters. And it's about this quality. It's like she's over here having this little piece of toast. And she's like, see, I'm not a glutton. And he goes, oh, no. And, and Screwtape is having a great time saying, continue to convince her that she's not a glutton, when in reality she's a glutton of what? Of delicacy, of quality, that nothing can be done right. And, and she becomes a tyrant to having her particular uh, tastes satisfied, and she doesn't realize that she's fallen into a different area of gluttony. And not only gluttony, but we could say that being one of the seven deadly sins that used yes. to be talked about and preached about and is not anymore, also she could be very proud of the fact that yes, she's not being absolutely. gluttonous. I just, this is all I want. And yep. I've known some of the 
proudest people I've known would deny that they had any pride whatsoever, and they were proud of not being proud. And so there is a danger that we can get into, even if you say, look at me, I'm not gluttonous. Well, okay, then you're blending over into pride. This is where I think as we go through, uh, especially teaching, this is such a great, I I just encourage everybody, get (laughs) study to teach this because, um, and one of the things that we talk about all the time was um, be careful because if you go this way, you're going to, screw tape's going to come after you. But if you go, oh, fine, I'll go this way. He, oh, I'll, I'll get you over here. So the, the word that I use often, and, and we should as spiritual Christians, is the word balance. Oh, it's I love that. spiritual balance. And that's really what I saw in the, in the goal of the screw tape letters was to find that place where we can't be tempted this way. Again, being humble. Oh, look how humble I am. Make him proud of his humility. So, okay, let's stay balanced. It's a straight and narrow path, and if you veer off the path one way or the other, you are erring into sin. You know, I found, again, the timelessness of Lewis to this moment. He talks about how we used to be, me and humankind, uh, prone to to accept provable reason. But now, people don't believe in anything, and their minds are so muddled. And I would dare say that our own media culture today has got people so wrapped in knots that, that they don't know what to believe. There's no one that they trust in. There's no thing. There's not, not even the Bible that universally is trusted, even in this supposedly Christian culture, and we are just muddled and confused. That, that's, a great, uh, that's a great word, the word muddled, because it's one of those, we don't really use the word muddled, but, so I have it in the vocabulary yeah. section. But, so right here at letter one, I mean, you, you, if you jump into letter one, um, Again, he was writing in 1941, and he really wrote these probably at the end of 40, but it got published in 41. So you can tell when he's writing it. But he is such a prophet. And if you look, like, for example, his book, Abolition of Man, uh, talking about education and other things, he's writing at this time. But because he's a thinker, he's saying, let's take it the, 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 this particular thinking all the way to its end and see what happens. In the same way, he does this in the screw tape letters. He says, let's take this thought. And we call him prophetic today, but he was such a great thinker. He was ahead of his time. And so here in, in letter one, he talks about reasoning and argument versus jargon. Yes. And he says, let's fill their mind with words. Let's not yes. ask him whether it's true or false. Yes. Let's say whether it's uh, pragmatic it, or productive. Academic. Academic. Yeah, but yes. never is it true. And there's so many of the ideologies that are being spouted on college campuses today and on our national media markets, they have all the jargon, but they're full of air. They're not true. Yep. And, and we've, we've lost the ability to even discern yep. truth as a culture. Uh. This, the, the whole idea today that, and he talks about social justice, that's a whole other topic, which is brilliant, way ahead of his mind. Yes. But th- when you get into the woke thinking today, these are all the words. These are the word progressive. He talks about that. Make, that this is progressive. Well, isn't that a good thing? Don't we want to progress? And so he says, fill their mind with these words that end up distracting them from the real thinking argument. The real thinking argument. Oh, some of these letters are, are just absolutely amazing because each sin leads to bigger and bigger sins. And so as he changed strategy and the man counters it, uh, like for instance, letter number nine, what is love? And, and Lewis writes, or I should say screw tape writes, all his love about talk about love must be a disguise for something else. He must have some real motive for creating them and taking so much trouble about him. In other words, why should God love us? And so he starts pushing, well, asceticism, in other words, compared mm-hmm. to love that, well, Christian's response to that means that you have to do all this stuff to gain God's love and distract people from accepting God's love by grace. And instead, well, it's got to be a works thing, something I earn. Yeah, you know what, I, I agree that he was before his time, but 
he used a phrase that stuck in my mind. He said that, quoting or using screw tape to make this point, he said, humans are amphibians. <laughs> half human yes. yep. and ha or half spirit and half animal. And who as spirits belong to the eternal world, but as animals belong to the temporal world. And I thought, boy, that really gets it. And then he, he gave a, a tremendous insight on past, present, and future, oh, yeah. which we are kind of constrained to in this realm. And yet he, he touched on just a beautiful understanding of how God is, is beyond all of that. Time has no meaning to God because he's not constrained to it. He says he lives in a perpetual now. Yeah, the unbound. Boy, that, that doesn't fit into my three-pound brain, Mondo. So, how have you grappled with so, that concept? So, this this it appears in letter fifteen, letter twenty-seven, and and and, and so what I do is he um, oftentimes Lewis will say one of the early human writers, screw tape saying this, screw tape. One of the early human writers got this, and he's so I'm like, well, who's this? And so I chased it down, and there's a uh, Italian philosopher, uh, theologian Bothius. For, you know, fifth century, four hundred some AD around there, and so I give I give all the backgrounds, um, I give the reference, his 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 constellation of philosophy, his book, but Bothius was the one who started this idea of this thinking, and so again, Lewis is brilliant. He know he's read this, so he's bringing this thinking, this philosophy, and this very deep thinking on the on time, in and writes through screw tape, mm. and in this particular the letter fifteen, the Christian has to get this has to get this because if they do, they won't fall to the temptation. And in the letter was uh, the idea of anxiety, the, the fear of the future, um, getting stuck in the past um, uh, as it relates to past, present, and future, and the unbounded now, or the way that God sees things. Uh, one of the things that I bring up in there is we know that, that there's, there's a couple references in Scripture where God says, the, the one who is and who was and who is to come, right? Um, but we also see when he when he appears to uh, Moses, what's his name? He's the great I am. He's not the great I was. He's not the great I will be. Even though uh, the I am has this idea of God exists in the unbounded now. He's above time altogether. So he sees everything at once. Well, we don't. We're in time. And so if we get that and we see that we connect with God, that even right now in the present, the, the importance of the present. Um, and that we connect with God in the present, that we won't get stuck in the past and we won't fear the future. And mm. so Christians often do this. Anxiety is a huge deal today. Yes, very much. And, and some of it, uh, again, there's a lot of reasons for it. But if we get into the screw tip letters and we see and we get to the scripture truth, then we will know Philippians 4, 6, and 7, you know, be anxious for what? For nothing. To, for, through prayer and supplication, make your requests and what? The peace of God that's, that surpasses all understanding will guard you. So we take what Screwtape is doing, uh, and we know the devil loves to keep us in, in bondage to fear and anxiety, and then what do we do? We recognize it, um, Screwtape is talking about it, and we bring the scripture in, Philippians 4, 6, and 7, and we say, hey, here's the solution. Here's how to overcome these temptations that will come. I get this a lot from young men. You hear from mothers who are, are lamenting that their young sons, about 20s or so, have left the faith, and you always say, it's because of a girl, isn't it? And they're like, yes, a girl has it. In letter 20, <laughs> he talks about eternal beauty, and he makes a comparison between the terrestrial Venus oh, and yes. the infernal Venus. Can you tell us what those are and how Satan uses those to pull people off? Yes, the so path? Uh, we can only barely scratch it because uh, in this letter, in, in, in letters 18, 17 was Bagla, and the 18 is about love. The, the, the patient gets a girlfriend, or he's, 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 he, he gets mm -hmm. a very godly girlfriend. And 19, uh, 18, 19 is all about love and feelings of love. And then he comes to 20, he says, well, hey, let's, let's corrupt him. 
let's let's bring let's bring him to as a man into again every man has it's every man's battle right we see this it's just human nature so letter 20 is talking about the ways in which a godly woman screw tape is saying we need to keep him away from this woman and let's let's appeal to his senses through the terrestrial venus and so these are phrases that appear um, in uh, lewis's later book the four loves he talks about venus and again he's using uh, G- Greek and Roman goddesses and, and to speak his, his, uh, his words, because that's just his world. So he talks about the, the, the two women, the one that would be, again, God would use, that he would want you to marry. He goes, we need to do everything we can to corrupt him and get him to be drawn to the earthly one that will destroy his soul. It's like the Proverbs 6, yes. uh, where yeah. you have the, the good woman and then the, the harlot the woman. Harlot. And so I bring up all those scriptures to say, again, this is very scriptural. How do we do it? And not only that, I have three daughters. So I talked about the, the terrestrial man. And so okay. I bring this up and to say, it's not just about a woman, but how do we help our daughters as well to seek godly men, not... Because tape says this, we are more and more directing the desires of men to something which does not exist, making the role of the eye in sexuality more and more important, at the same time making its demands more and more impossible. And we live in a, such oh. a sex-crazed time period that we've created, and especially through pornography, this ideal people that nobody ever lives up to, and it ruins the relationship we have. We, with uh, we could spend 20 minutes just yeah. unpacking that. You know, mm-hmm. I find it, Lewis touched on this reality. Satan doesn't create anything. Only God creates. Satan corrupts and twists. Uh, We use the example of God gave the rainbow as a demonstration of His covenant with mankind to never again flood the earth. And Satan has corrupted the rainbow to stand for something abominable today. And so he always corrupts. But Lewis says this uh, from the mouth of Screwtape talking about God. He says, He has filled the world full of pleasures. There are things for humans to do all day long without His, God, minding in the least. Sleeping, washing, eating, drinking, making love, playing, praying, working, everything has to be twisted before it is of any use to us. We fight under cruel disadvantages. Yeah, you think? He says nothing is naturally on our side. And boy, what an insight that is. God has made everything good for our enjoyment so that we return glory and worship to Him, and yet Satan twists all these good things to evil design. Yeah, uh, in letter 13, he, uh, he quotes, he screw tapes quoting Scripture now. And just like we know, right, Matthew 4, uh, Satan's quoting Scripture to Jesus. Yes, and so, is. again, make all these parallels to say it's not no surprise. Um, but it's Psalm 1611 is, At his right hand are pleasures forevermore. And so what, what Lewis also, which um, Lewis was very much a... a um, again, a philosopher at heart. And so he would talk about, hey, let, let's talk about the pleasures of God's world that, um, again, Satan can't create anything. Everything is to be corrupted to, to, for to be used. And so letter 13 is, is talking about pleasures. It appears over and over in the passage. But he talks about, he says, um, everything that is, I'm trying to think of the phraseology. It must be twisted, but it's twisted in time and in ways and in degrees. And so you think, okay, let's, I'll give you an example. Let's take, um, how does Satan corrupt pleasure? Let's take sex as an example. Meant for marriage, right? Marriage only. So in a time factor, Satan's seeking to bring you in before marriage, outside of marriage, whatever. What about ways? Well, he talks about an apple's very sweet. Uh, It should be enjoyed, but what if it's stolen? That's a way that it's being corrupted. Um, Degrees. You take, okay, maybe you like a glass of wine. Okay, maybe you enjoy that. Well, in degrees, well, if you drink too much, now you've corrupted it. And so something that was meant uh, to be wonderful as a gift 
is corrupted in ways, times, and, and degrees. And you're like, man, this is great stuff mm -hmm. that Lewis is bringing out. But at the end of the day, uh, 1 Timothy 6.17, God has given us all things what? To richly enjoy. He's given us this world to enjoy. We shouldn't be ashamed of that, but it's to be done in holiness. Yes, yeah. and that's why I love letter 18 when he deals with the act of marriage. He says, they regard the intention of loyalty to a partnership for mutual help, for the preservation of chastity and for the transmission of life as something lower than the storm of emotion. Mm. I mean, our, in the end times here, we're seeing a divorce yeah. rate skyrocket oh, yeah. because people think it's that exciting uh, love, that, that premarital sex, that passion, and not the transcendent covenant relation that God's created with us that we break with Him all the time because we spiritually are committing adultery. He says, the truth is wherever a man lies with a woman, there, whether they like it or not, a transcendental relationship is set up between them, which must be eternally enjoyed and internally endured. And it's, it's interesting how Lewis sees that Satan exists to try to break the covenant relationship that God had with Israel and now God has with the church and each us individually. And Satan knows how to do it by putting water into the cracks of rocks. You know how it freezes, it breaks the rocks? Uh, yes. That's how he does that with temptation. There's a phrase that, uh, that often comes up, and in their scripture too, it's 2 Corinthians 5, 7, we walk by faith, not by sight. And one of the ways that the, the, the meaning of that is, uh, it gets broad, it's not just by visible, but we walk by faith, not by our senses. And in many ways, that, that probably one of the theme passages in the whole study guide in the book, because what you do see is uh, Satan, as you mentioned, screw tape trying to get us to walk by emotion. Mm -hmm. Emotion is probably one of the biggest factors in ruining all of us. Uh, whatever those emotions, it could be anger, again, it could be lust, it could be whatever, you name it. But it's, it's taking every thought captive. As we know, the, the spiritual battle starts in the mind. We take every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. And as we train ourselves uh, and we get used, we, get, we fill our minds with Scripture, right? Psalm 119, I've hidden your word in my heart so I wouldn't sin. So these are all things that as we fill our minds with Scripture, we will be able to be sensitive to when we see the temptation or the emotion or whatever or the crafty thought. We're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. And my, my poor daughters throughout life, I always say, well, you know, Screwtape would be very happy with you right now because <laughs> oh, of this and this. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> well, you know, I think that you make a good point even on, on having we are mindful of what the devil is trying to do. But I'll use an airplane analogy for just a minute. Most, most of the time we don't fall off suddenly. That, that happens occasionally. Mm -hmm. Most of the time it's a slow drift. So in airplane lingo, it, we don't usually get off course by making a dramatic change suddenly. And now where are we headed? It's a very slow turn that is almost imperceptible at first until you're going in the wrong direction. And so this straight and narrow path, we can flee from it, which is why I think the writer of Hebrews says we have to keep assembling together. We have to stay in relationship with other believers who can help us identify our blind spots and say, hey, brother, you're starting to veer, and I love you too much to let that happen and can speak into our lives. Because in letter 12, uh, Screw tape says this, the safest road to hell is the gradual one, the gentle slope, soft underfoot, without sudden turnings, without milestones, without signposts, and I would declare without hope. And that's where you end up. That's the trajectory someone gets on with just these slow, gentle turnings off that straight and narrow path. You know, and th to, that's one of the most famous quotes of the screw tape letters, and it's so good because. Uh, we, you know, Matthew 7 talks about the broad road and the narrow road, and we understand that. Uh, the narrow road's difficult. And so, but right before that, he says, you know, you, you tempters, you, you want to, uh, you want to report spectacular sins. That's, you know, because that's who you guys are young, you're immature. He said, but murder is no better than gambling, if gambling will do the trick. 
Mm. And so he, and, and, and so what do we see? We see in, in 2 Corinthians 11 that Satan appears as an angel of light. And, but not only that, in 14 and 15, he says, is it no surprise that his servants will appear as ministers of righteousness? So I, I always will, t- you know, t- test people, would Satan ever encourage you to be righteous? The answer is yes. If he can win your soul, the, the ultimate goal is your soul. But if he can encourage you wow. to be righteous and self-righteous and be a Pharisee, right? Big he talks about in Christianity. Appears over and over, and he can win you. He'll absolutely encourage you to be well, righteous because he wants you on that road that ends. Some of the hardest people to witness to are those who say, "I'm, I'm a good person." Mm-hmm. Yeah, you are, but you're going to hell because good persons mm-hmm. don't get into heaven. Only those who are yeah. forgiven by the blood of Christ, because we have sin nature. Uh, I did love this, speaking to our contemporary moment. Uh, Screwtape also said that God, He, the enemy, as he describes mm-hmm. it, will not be used as a convenience. Oh, no, yeah. He will not. Men are nations who think they can revive the faith in order to make a good society might just as well think they can use the stairs of heaven as a shortcut to the nearest pharmacy. In other words, I think today, in this moment in our human history, in our American history, mm-hmm. we have people who are advocating for Christian faith not for the, the sake of saving souls and bringing men and women into the eternal kingdom of God, but so that we can fix our nation and return to some kind of a, a sense of order, and that's kind of backwards. You know, this, uh, this is one of those ones, I remember writing the, the study guide for this, Letter 23, and um, this is where Lewis brings up using Christianity as a means to an end. Uh, and he talks about even for social justice. Now, here we are. I mean, you're like, wow, this could not be any more appropriate than the whole woke movement and the churches and the seminaries saying that for you to be a a Christian, Christian is equal with social justice. And then you say, well, can you define that for me? And then we see the definition, you're like, whoa. But they would say Jesus would would, uh, embrace this movement or this movement. And we have a lot of movements lately Mm -hmm. without labeling them necessarily. But they have defined Christianity as a means to an end. And we go, whoa, whoa, whoa. The most important thing for us is, again, God will not be used. And people are trying to use Christianity to get their agenda, their movement, their political agenda, whatever it is. And we go, no. Christianity's essence is the salvation of souls, not necessarily a social movement, even though do we want to see people fed and we want justice? Yes, but let's define it. And when they start defining it, we go, no, that's not biblical. Well, it's interesting that the patient continuously thwarts screw tape and Wormwood's advances on him, and then, and then screw tape gets all mad because the enemy has given him either a Bible verse or directed. So it's not a one sided battle where they're fighting for no, the patient's life. Not. The Lord on the other side is, is working with the angels and Christians to bring him back. And that verse that we read in Ephesians 6 about putting on the full armor yeah. of God, it seems as the progression goes is that the Lord continues to equip the patient with the full armor of God. So what would you say is in our own lives as we, all of us are dealing with temptation, how do we fight this constant attack upon us? So you, you brought up something, and, and, and there's two, two things that I think that, we, okay. that brings up in the letters. One is the, um, the one is... Ephesians 6, 12, living out the, the it's, it's living out the armor. It's not so much, okay, Lord, I'm putting on the armor of truth today, and then I go out and lie. Yeah. Well, okay, I'm not no. necessarily putting on, I'm living it out. I'm putting on Christ. I'm living Christ. So if we go out and we're truthful, then Satan has less opportunity to, to trip us up. If we're going out living righteous, you know, through, again, love of God, uh, faith. If we have faith when the, the trials come, we're going to have less temptation in all these things. We're going to have less failure. Okay, so that's one way is to, in that, the other one, is what you brought up, and that is getting together. And the key thing in all this, 
one of the keys is accountability. Yeah. Uh-huh. If we do not surround ourselves, Proverbs 18.1, the one who isolates himself rages against all sound wisdom. And I bring up that passage over and over because what Screwtape was trying to do is to get him to isolate himself, to not have good friends, choose your friends carefully, other mm-hmm. things. But if we refuse accountability, then when I look and you say, hey, brother, I see this little oh, speck you in your go. eye. Yeah, you're going to go, oh. So, but if we come that... What does the scripture say? Iron sharpens iron. Yes. Faithful are the wounds of a friend. Proverbs 27. So there's all these scriptures that come to play that if we are humble, letter 14 is, is magnificent. If we're humble and we allow our brothers and sisters, husbands, wives to speak into our lives, we're going to go, thank you. You know, I, it hurts. It's hard. I need to recognize this truth. But pride says, I don't want your counsel. Back to pride again. Yep. You know, without giving away the ending. Uh, Lewis ends the original screw tape letters with a very surprising outcome for the target. And yet, it shouldn't be surprising for Christians. We have a sometimes a worldly perspective of death. Yes. In other words, uh, death is not a defeat for us. It, it is the victory because mm-hmm. it is only the passage to eternity. Death, where is your sting? And so, what do we have to look forward to yeah. uh, in this life and beyond? Yeah, I think uh, the one of the passages I bring up is Hebrews 2, 14 and 15, where Satan is the one who who peddles the fear of death that man, the mankind is in bondage to. For a believer, what did Paul say in Philippians 1? To die, to die. is gain. Yeah. It's, uh, it's far better for me to go and be with Christ. But I'll stay here for you, but to die is gain. And so when you, when you look at the end uh, of the screw tape letters, for a Christian, it's simply a transition. I mean, we go, we immediately get to be in the presence of the Lord, 2 Corinthians 5, right? To be absence of the body is presence with the Lord. So uh, I think oftentimes Christians, we have got sucked into the world's thinking that the worst thing that can happen to me is to die. When in reality, we go, I want to go be with Jesus. Yeah, mm-hmm. I can only celebrate when a saint goes home. I can mourn with the family for the time of separation for their sakes, but for that brother or sister in Christ, they've gone home. They would not come back. Well, I think that Screwtape captures one more reality that kind of sums all of the contrast between heaven and hell up. He says, we, talking about the demonic realm, want cattle Mm -hmm. that can finally become food. He, God Almighty, wants servants who can finally become sons. Mm -hmm. And so C.S. Lewis was so insightful on the human nature, I think the nature of the demonic realm, but really on the promise that awaits all of us who have put our faith in Jesus Christ. So you ask, why are we talking about C.S. Lewis for for two episodes of a television program focused on Christ and prophecy? Because all the promises of God for those who put their trust in Him are yes and amen. We are in the eternal realm already by being united with God who is forever in the present now, and all that awaits us is the glory that is to come. You know, as we, as we approach the end of the age, we know that it's going to get more difficult, not easy. And so it's important to be equipped to stand strong in the spiritual war that, is, again, again, is going to get more and more intense, especially as we're ostracized by our community, as the world changes and it becomes more evil. We know it's going to become, it's going to wax worse and worse. So this is one great way of equipping ourselves to say, am I prepared for this war that I'm already in, whether I acknowledge it or not? Uh, how equipped am I? Well, I think we all have to contend earnestly, which is something that's been a theme of ours in the past for the faith that was handed down to us. And we have to live uh, looking forward to our blessed hope, not a concept, but a person. Mato, thank you so much for participating with us on these two episodes of Christ in Prophecy. I tell you what, I'm going to dive into your own study because rereading the screw tape letters has thrilled my heart again, just with the insight it offers and the prophetic voice Mm -hmm. that he utters into even our own contemporary age. Amen, guys. It's been a pleasure. Godspeed. Thank you very much.